So let me ask you a question. Do you think pastors worry? Yes or no? All right, raise your hand if you think pastors worry. Raise your hand. Okay. All right. For those who did not raise your hand, pastors worry. In many different ways, pastors worry in different ways, but pastors are also fathers for those who are a father. For example, for the last two or three months, I've been preparing for my daughter to go to college. And it seems like the car always broke down or my daughter walks in and says, I need something more, like always. So I'm starting to have to, it's just weird. As a pastor, you have to live out your sermon before you preach the sermon. (laughs) And today we're going to be talking about anxiety and worry. Just since we're family, and I have to get off my chest. I'm worried that my daughter is leaving me on Wednesday to go to college. I'm so sad and happy that she's going to stop bugging me about what she needs. It'll never end, I know. But in, in, I mentioned that. It's just like we all worry. Whether you're somebody with a microphone strapped to your face, leading a church, whether it's workplace or whatever, But why do we worry? There's so many different thoughts about why people worry. And so today, we're going to be talking about a little bit of worry, and then we're going to be talking in about two weeks about the theology of worry. So we're broken up into two segments for us, all found in one passage. So I want to let you know that you're in a safe place if if you and I worry, but let us stop. Got it? Let us stop worrying if you are a believer of Jesus Christ. Can I get amen on that? Easier said than done, right? Easier said than done. So what we're going to do, let me pray, and let me read a passage that we read last week, and then we're going to highlight some stuff, go through some stuff, and hopefully today you'll be encouraged that there's no real need to worry when our perspective is in the right place. You with me on that? All right, so Lord, thank you for being the good shepherd that takes care of your flock. Forgive us for wandering. Forgive us, forgiving us for getting scared. Forgiving, forgive us for being anxious when there's literally nothing to be anxious about. Forgive us for being like the world that is completely filled with anxiety and worry. Be with us today if there's anybody here that does not know you, Jesus. I pray that they'll place their faith and trust in you today as the good shepherd. For those of us who are believers of Jesus Christ, you are our shepherd. You love us. You let us wander. But may we never keep our eyes off of you, even when we worry. I pray all this in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. So let's read together in Luke chapter 12, and just charting verse 22. So if you are new at Catalyst Church and you have not picked one of these up, um, Dakota, actually Zane, Dakota, grab, the, grab a stack of those. Just raise your hand. They're free. Just, they're one per person. So bring your, bring your journals back. If you don't have one, there's a couple here, one over here. Um, so, all right. So just keep your hand raised and we're going to go. So we're on page, I think, 96 in your journal. So t- bring, bring your journal back. We're going to be in Luke for the next seven years. So be ready for that. All right. So I read this, taught this last week, so it'll be familiar, but repetition is the key to what? Learning. Repetition is the key to learning. So we're going to repeat this again. If there's anything this time 
it kind of pops out to you, circle, underline it. There will be a passage or two that I'll ask you to underline. So anything that jumps out to you that just is like, I want to study that later on. I wish Dave would have talked about this. Or just like, oh, I needed to hear this today. Underline it, circle that, and so on and so forth. So here we go, verse 22. And he, Jesus, said to the disciples, Therefore I tell you, do what? Not be anxious about your what? About your life, what you're going to eat or your body, what you're going to put on. For life is, and this is our series topic, for life is more than food, the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap, neither store um, nor have barns. Yet God feeds, cares for, loves even the birds, the ravens. How much more valuable are we as humans, as birds. So I want you to make sure you underline as much as 25 as you can. And then verse 26 kind of just like makes us like, oh, because we read verse 25 and we're like, yes, I understand that. But verse 26, ugh. okay, here we go. And which of you, by being what? Anxious, can add a single hour to your what? To your what? To your span of life. Which one of you, by being anxious, which one of me, us, can even add a single day to the span of life that we have? And that verse 26 is just this big thought that is trying to hard to put into our mind. And it says, if then you are what? Not able to do a what? A small, as small of a thing as that. What is that? Add a single hour to your life. And God's like, that's so small. Think about this. How, how awesome would it be if you and I could like do this um, like technological sci-fi thing and just like, I'm going to jump into this spacesuit or this orb thing and it's going to like put smoke everywhere and all of a sudden you're adding six more years to your life. How many guys would actually sign up for that? Raise your hand. Yeah, we probably will, especially if it's free, but it'll probably cost $2 million. But by doing that, it's not even what? It's not even possible to even add a single day to your life. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. And to God, adding a day to your life is a small thing. And if you and I can't even do that small thing, we should not be what? Word. We should not be even anxious if we can't even do that. We need to trust that God can add anything that he wants to. And then it says, why are you anxious about the rest of things if you cannot even add a small thing like adding a day to your life? And consider the lilies. They neither grow nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of this glory was a ray like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the... That's, in the field today and gone tomorrow and burned up in the oven, how much more will be, how much more will he clothe you? Underline this. You should have already had this underlined. Oh, you of little what? Faith. So, correlation. When we're anxious, we have little what? Faith. When we're anxious, we have little what? We have little faith. And do not seek what you're to eat or what you're going to drink, nor be worried. For who 
is worried about that. The nations of the world, they seek. We talked about this last week. Seek means to plot your life around. So those who are part of the world seek, plot their life around after these things, after these worrisome things. But your father knows that you need them. Instead of worry, instead of being like the world, instead seek his, God's kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Then verse 32. Underline these first four words. Fear not little what? All right, let's read this together. Four words. We can do this together. Fear not little flock. Let's read that together again. Fear. All right, so I heard half of you. Let's read it all. all together means let these words come out of your mouth. All right? You've heard it twice, so let's do it a third time. All right, here we go. Fear. All right, mic drop. You guys have a great rest of your day. Literally, it's a, seriously, that's the sermon. Fear not, little flock. But you're like, who's the flock? Well, we'll get to that in a second. But literally, those four words of the entire sermon, we can go home right now. If we believe that statement. Fear not, little what? Flock. Okay. But, of course, have to fill up an hour of preaching, so here we go. You laugh. I don't know how long this is going to be. Okay. For it is the Father's what pleasure? Good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So what should we do? Don't worry about anything. Sell your possessions. Give to the needy. Provide yourself money bags that will not grow old. With the treasures that are in heaven, that does not fail. Where no thieves can approach or moss can destroy. What that should not fail is also okay reminder statements last week a little bit afraid to take and don't worry about tomorrow but if I trust that God has a bigger plan for me and for her and for whatever I should not fear. Why? Because I'm a part of his little what? Flock. Okay. All right. Statement one. Write it down. Anxiety is unnecessary with the needs of life because God knows what you need and will provide. Can I get amen to that? Need. Anxiety is unnecessary. Why? Because he's going to supply what you need. And in fact, not only what you need, but he knows what you need before you, what? Need it. So think through that. It's unnecessary. It's absolutely unnecessary. So talk about Honduras real quick. So we're going to go to Honduras. I've been like, whatever, five times. Other people like Andrew, our vocalist here, he's been like 700 times. Every time you go to Honduras or a third world country, I mean, listen, I, I know, I know, I know. Many of you are going to be like, oh, you mentioned another country, and they're a different world than we are. I cannot relate to them, and they're, they're this, that, or the other. We live in America, and we've got everything that we ever want. Hence the problem. Hence the problem. When you don't have, you rely on the one who has and knows. When we have, we worry about what we have because it builds the anxiety to have more. 
as we talked about two weeks ago. Don't worry about your possessions. Last week we talked about life is more than what we need, and today it's life is more than our worry. Let, so we had a chance to build a house um, in Honduras, and this is the house. So the house is this house right here. Um, and by the way, if you get coffee and danishes or whatever from our coffee cafe, it's now called Missions Cafe because we help fund things like this. So this is the outside of the house, um, very strong and powerful against hurricanes or typhoons. But then this is the inside of the house. I don't know if you can see it, but it's a two-bedroom, and I use that word loosely, two-room house with ventilation up here, and out here is like a little dining room, and then outside, as you can see, is where, where they cook outside. And then this is another house that we help support. I'm a young lady in our youth group. Um, so here's their kitchen. Inside, Just it's a little bit above this house, and this is their house. They have everything they need. They have everything they need. They don't have washers and dryers. They don't have like an oven stove. They just have, they just have fire. That's all they have. I want you to listen to me. And this is, this is hard to relate. And this is where I'm, if I had $10 billion, I would like pay for you to take three weeks off of work and get you on a jumbo jet and take you overseas. And if every one of us would just recognize the blessing that we have to be in the United States and to realize that we are filled with anxiety, but they're not. Let me say that again. We as plethora moneyed, are anxious like all craziness. But they're what? Not. Because they know the good shepherd so well. Why? It's because they have everything that they need and they have to trust God daily for what they need. American church, we've got it all messed up. Because as it says in that passage, we are worried as the world is worried about the things to be worried about. Anxiety is unnecessary when we know that God knows what we need before we, what, before we need them. May it be the case for you and I that the joy of the Lord is your strength, not your possessions. So don't worry. Also, anxiety is unnecessary because, it, it, because being anxious can't even add another hour to, to your life. Why? Because only God knows when your lifespan will end. We've got people in our church that are in, di di in dialysis right now. Literally, they're trusting the machine to keep this person, and maybe some of you, alive in this. So they're trusting, yes, that machine, but the person that I'm referring to, he trusts God. I mean, literally, this person that's on dialysis and maybe another um, health issue that you're going through right now, you're trusting on the doctors, you're trusting on modern medicine, you're trusting in all this, and yes, go to the doctor, go get help, but trust God that he is going to put the right doctor in place. Because listen to me, you could drive out of this parking lot right now and you could get hit by a big yellow school, school bus and die because I'm driving. But, so, right, so, and die. Why? Because you can't even add a single hour to your life. I mean, literally, I mean, just to be real, my daughter went out and hung out with, um, I think it was Sandra the other, other night. They had like a, a party at their house, just those two girls. I was worried all night long. 
to 12.30. I kept on, I'm, I'm a stalker dad, so I can kind of see where she's at on her cell phone. All right, and I watched, I was worried all night. Why? Not because she's a good or bad driver, but she's not very good. But, <laughs> but I was worried about the people who are out in the middle of the night doing nightly stuff. Listen, listen. Could I, in my worry, add a single hour to her lifespan if, heaven forbid, a drunk person killed her driving? Could I add a single lifespan, a time to her life? No. So why did I worry? Because I'm human, and I'm still working on trusting God and being surrendered to Him in this. Can you relate? So you, why worrying about herself? Why worrying about your... Um, um, relatives, why worry about anything else when you can't even add an hour to your life? Now, I'm not saying stop going to the doctor. Go to the doctor. I'm not saying stop stalking your kid, making sure they're not where they're not supposed to be um, type of thing. Listen, don't worry. You can't even add a single hour to your, your lifespan. And that's what it says in the Luke passage. You can't even add a single hour to your lifespan. But who can? Who knows? Psalm 139, 1 through 6, and verse 17, it says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise, and you perceive when my thoughts are far afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with my ways. Before, I, before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you, you know it completely. You hem me um, in, behind, and before, and you lay your hands on me. Such knowledge is too wonderful me, too lofty for me to obtain. True? This is like, psh, but it's God. What's this? Your eyes saw me in my unformed body. All the what? All the days are ordained, planned, and organized by God for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So if God already knew, why worry? Maybe it's because we don't trust the shepherd with inside of itself. So I do funerals quite often, and I went to a funeral just the other other day, and I showed a, um, made a third, like a minute video about it, and I, it, I talked about this dash. So, here, so here, here's a tombstone um, by Becca. There's the tombstone. So Ida. So thank, so isn't that, but listen to me, isn't that pretty cool? I have no idea who Ida is, okay? But even today, God is using her and her tombstone for the glory of God, even though she's passed away. God can use people even after they're dead for the glory of God. So thank God to be Ida. I pray that she knew Jesus. But watch this. She was born in 1902. She died in 1981. Um, this dash is her what? Her lifespan, as it talks about in the Scripture. Listen to me. She died, and she was born, and she still had no con control about her dash when she would even, could she, did she have control of her birth? No, she just popped out and said, wow, 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 feed me, right? And then same thing applies. When she died, we don't know how she died, but she did not have even control over that, whether she got killed by, by somebody or whether cancer killed her or whatever, we don't know. She could not control her life. So should Ida worry about her life if she can't even control her life? Yes or no? So should you? No. And this is the importance 
of us as Christ followers, knowing that God has ordained our dash, just be present in the middle of our dash and understand that anxiety is unnecessary. With our need, anxiety is unnecessary with our lifespan, but also anxiety is unnecessary if you belong to the little flock of God because your life is in God's hands of protection, direction, provision, and what? Love. Let me read that again. You, we can't even control what we eat, but God can. We can't even control our life, but God can. So it's unnecessary to worry. Next, it's unnecessary to worry, especially if you're a part of the little flock of God, because you're in God's hands of protection, direction, provision, and love. As it says in Luke chapter 12, verse 32, let's read this together. It says this, what? Fear not, little flock. A shepherd is what Jesus is referred to many times in Scripture. And I know it's going to be difficult for the next few minutes to try to articulate a shepherd, but a shepherd watches over a what? A flock. And sheep, by the way, and I love how they, they use this. In a, the sheep are just the dumbest animals on the face of the planet. And they literally are. I mean, in, it says that in history, in whatever, shepherding, I guess, farming, whatever they do, agriculture, whatever they do. Okay, so, so sheep, when they come to a water area, it has to be completely what? It has to be still. Why? Because even a pebble being dropped in it will scare the living snot out of a sheep. And what will happen is, this is a true story, it will make the, the, the sheep paralyzed and either drown or paralyzed and for some reason flip on its back. And then they got these little feet and they can't like go over. So what, what happens? They die. Why? Because a pebble got fell, fallen to the water and they freaked out. What is your pebble? What is your pebble? We judge the sheep, but we're sheep. My pebble right now is my silly daughter is going to college. That seems like a big pebble, but to God it's like, yeah, no. And to some of you, it's like, I've been through that pebble many times before, and you're like, just chill. It's a great thing. Trust me, you'll be glad that she's out of the house. I don't know. Okay, all right. So listen to me. What is your pebble? What is your pebble? And this is where Jesus is saying, I am the shepherd. You are the little sheep, a part of my little flock. We'll get to the word little flock in a second. But I want you to catch what Jesus is calling us. Dumb, scared people. Knowing that he is the provider, protector, caregiver of us scared little people. Puts you in perspective. But a shepherd, a good shepherd, he protects, provides um, for, and he loves the sheep. But watch this. But, and it's on the other screen, but a bad shepherd, a what shepherd? A bad shepherd, and the bad shepherd's the world. The bad shepherd is the evil one. The bad shepherd, listen, uses the flock as a source of what? Income for his own benefit. Listen, the devil wants to do everything he can for his own benefit to bring himself glory and to deter you away from the good shepherd. 
real shepherds, they like, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go hang out. I'm going to play my little video game or listen to podcasts if they even had it back then, whatever. And they're like, I don't care if they wander. But if they wander, you know what? Eh, it's not my sheep. I'm just watching after them. But Jesus, as the good shepherd said, you are my sheep. You belong to me. And Jesus humbled himself, became the shepherd, came to this earth, humbled himself. God Almighty came to this earth, and he lived just like us. Why? Because he wants to relate to us. So who's your shepherd? Is Jesus your good shepherd that protects, directs, provides, and loves his sheep? Or is the worrisome, evil world the bad, bad shepherd, creating these worries for its own benefit. Jesus had compassion. Matthew 19 says, when he, Jesus, saw the crowd, he had compassion on them. Why? Because they were harassed and what? Helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. So, I want to encourage you with a few warnings, or one warning, and then also a takeaway challenge, and then we'll continue in two weeks on worry. Number one, yes, absolutely yes, you do need to worry. You do need to be anxious about your life if you do not belong to the little flock of God through Jesus Christ. Yes, worry. If you don't belong to Jesus, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, then you got to worry. This is what it says in Luke chapter 12. We talked about this about a month ago. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who will kill the body and afterwards have nothing more that they can do. But I warn you who you should fear. Fear him, fear God, who is, after you are killed, is able and has the authority to cast you into hell. Yes, I tell you, what? Fear him. And it says in Romans 6.23, For the wages, the penalty of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So I want you to listen to me. It's as simple as this. Why do you worry? Are you worrying like the world? Why? Because you're really not a believer of Jesus Christ. Yes, worry. Come to Jesus today. Place your faith and trust in him that he came to this earth, died for the forgiveness of your sins, to cleanse you from all of your unrighteousness. And he's giving you the opportunity to say, come be a part of my sheepfold. I got you. Now listen, don't come to Jesus because he's going to protect you. Don't come to Jesus because he's going to like just provide you the living water. No, come to Jesus because you want to be forgiven of your sins. And you can have a relationship with God. Don't come to Jesus for the benefits Come to Jesus for the forgiveness. The, be the benefits will come, but set your priorities in, in check. Matthew chapter 7 says the following. Enter by the what gates? Enter by the narrow gates. For the gate is wide, um, the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to what? Destruction. And those who enter by it are what? Are what? Are what? For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to what? Life. And those who find it are fear not, little flock. 
Fear not, little flock. Because there's plenty that worry about going to destruction. There's few that say, I trust in you, Lord Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. So if you are part of the few, you are part of the little flock. And how do you know if you're a part of the little flock? Have you placed your faith and trust in Jesus as the Lord and Savior? Not just intellectually, but has your life completely changed? Because now you're following the good shepherd. So, what should we do? No. Absolutely not. No. No. Just say, every say no. Just no. You can, I, I was a little bit more emphatic, so you can say a little bit more. Say no. So look at your neighbor and said no. Look at your other neighbor and said no. Look at me and say no. 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 You do not have to be anxious about your life if you belong to the little flock of God through Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen on that? Easier said than done. Why? Because Jesus is that good shepherd and he has come as the good shepherd and he has overcome the bad shepherd. Amen. He has overcome. He has whooped up on the world. He has whooped up on the evil one. He has overcome the bad shepherd, his lies and his tricks. How? By laying down his own life for his dumb sheep. That's you and me. We could not save ourselves. We could not reach the world. We could not overcome the world. The world comes after us. But we can just say, you've already said it four times. No. No world, no devil. Jesus Christ has overcome all this worry. You're a liar. Stop following the bad shepherd if you're in Christ Jesus. John chapter 10, verse 7 through 11. So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the what? I'm you, me. I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. Listen to me. This is referring to, there are false teaching of, I can work my way into salvation. I'm good enough or whatever. I, those, those are lies. They're robbers. And that's not even the gate. Jesus says, I am the door. I am the door for you, for me, who comes to know Christ Jesus. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find what? Pasture. That's like, <sighs> the thief comes to steal, kill, and what? Destroy. So, mm. Why, if the world worries about the worries, and we fall into the trap of those worries, why do we keep worrying if we are part of the little flock? Why? Because we're listening to the lies of the robber wants to steal our joy in Christ Jesus. I, Jesus says, I came that they may have what? Life. In this pasture of his grace and have it abundantly. I, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd laid down his life for his what? Just think about this. God Almighty came to this earth to die for you and I, stupid sheep. Think about the stupidest person you know. Would you die for them? Don't point. Stop pointing. Stop pointing. But we, we as humans wouldn't, but we should. Why? Because if we were to die, it's great gain. 
But our life here on earth is so self-absorbed. And this is where the good shepherd comes in and says, I'll show you what good is, my death. John chapter 16, if I don't get an amen after this, you're asleep. All right. John 16, verse 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have what? Peace, not worry. In this world, you will have troubles, but take what? Heart. I, Jesus, I have overcome the what? All right, there you go. All right. If Jesus has overcome the world, why worry? Why worry? Okay, so here's the deal. Because we don't have an unawareness of a, a good shepherd. Okay, so a shepherd, a good shepherd, Probably all shepherds have a staff like this. And I, I, I think it's called, I'll just use a rod because it's like crux or crap, whatever. It's, it's a rod, all right? What is it? Shepherd's hook thing. Okay, so, so this is a shepherd's hook thing, all right? A rod, all right? This can be used in so many different ways. So the sheep stop, starts wandering, what can the shepherd do? He can come over and grab the sheep's neck and says, come here, come here. All right, you got, all right. So that's like, come here. How many times in your worry have you ever felt this? Right? And you're like, no, and kicking back. And then he's like, you come, I'll break your neck. No, he doesn't really say that. He's like, come. And you're like, this force between good and evil, worry and peace. And the good shepherd is come. But also, the good shepherd, when they fall off a cliff, and they did, and they get caught by a branch, what can the good shepherd do? Reach down and grab them. And then the good shepherd directs. On the other side, it's what my dad used all the time. It's the rod of discipline. Whenever a sheep starts wandering, get back, boy. Doesn't God discipline us when we sin, when we're trying to drift away? He tries to discipline us, or he does discipline us to bring us back. Why? Because he's a good what? He's a good shepherd. I want you to hear me loud and clear that the rod is a good thing. And the good shepherd uses this in so many different ways. But also, um, if there is a wolf, what can they use the rod for? For defense and to fight against bad animals, lions, bears, whatever. And the good shepherd is willing to use the rod to protect his sheep in the pasture that he has. And I think many times we worry that the shepherd won't show up. I mean, he's given us a choice to wander. And the good shepherd, he's disciplined us. He's saved us many times. And sometimes the good shepherd's like, go. Go wander. Go wander away. Take your eyes off of me. But watch this. As a good shepherd, what is he always doing? You're wandering this way? He's like, all right, I'm keeping my eye on you. And then when the shepherd, or when the sheep is out there at his little pond of water, and he gets scared, and he flips over or drowns, what can the shepherd do? He comes back. And he saves and says, come back, you've learned your lesson. So sometimes when it comes to worry, you and I have to learn the hard way. And we'll talk about this in two weeks, about the importance of rejoicing in the middle of our worries. 
So, what should this mean to you and I? We should understand with all of our heart that in the middle of your worry, he is the what? Good shepherd. And I'm not going to give you any necessarily points about this. I'm not going to give you any like, here's your next steps. We'll talk about that in two weeks. Because today, it's just putting a perspective on who the good shepherd is. And if we, just, if we just keep in mind that we do not need to fear in any way, shape, or form, knowing that whether we have a little or a lot, the shepherd is going to take care of us. He's going to save us. He's going to discipline us. Why? Because he loves us. Psalm 23 says the following. The Lord is my shepherd. Why don't we just all read this together? The Lord is my I shall not want. I shall not. What is the word for today? Want. What's our word for today? Want. We should not worry about what we want. All right. Here we go. He what? He makes me lie down in green pastures. Let's pause right there. Have you ever thought about that? He makes me lie down in green pastures. I mean, could it be part of the discipline where he's like, you're going to wander over to that other pasture, but come back over here. This is better. And many times we think that the grass is greener on what? The other side. Do you know why the grass is greener on the other side? Because there's more manure on the other side. There's more issues on the other side. It looks great. But what created that? Manure. More worries. So, it says again, he, what, makes me lie down. It's like, trust me, it's better here. And listen, maybe the green pastures is cancer. Maybe the green pastures is an accident. Maybe the green pastures is your kids going to college. Why? Because it says here, he makes me lie down in green pastures. It's an opportunity to grow and to be fed. And we've talked about this before. Sometimes the trials in our life is to help us grow. All right, so let's continue. He makes us lie down in green pastures. He what? Leads me beside the what? (laughs) Why? Because we're scaredy cats with a little pebble. But he's going to try to find those still waters. He what's my soul? Can I get an amen on that? He leads me in the path of what? Righteousness. For whose sake? His sake. This is the church. This is discipline. He's like, shame on you for doing this. I'm going to whoop your tail a little bit. Why? Because you're not acting righteously. All right? So for whose sake? So even though I walk through the valley of a shadow of death, and some theologians think that this is actually a real place, a real valley of shadow of death that everybody can relate to, that people die there and people, I mean, literally, they call it the valley of the shadow of death because it's a little place where sheep have to go. And he leads me. Why? Because he knows people died there. So he's been there before. And guess who's been through the valley of death already? Jesus has. But thank God he has overcome even death. He's been there, what? Done that. The valley of shadow death. I will fear, what? No evil. For 
you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they what? Comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. This is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. My cup, what? Let's pause right there. Is your cup overflowed with the love of Jesus, or is it overflowed with worry right now? What's your pebble? What's your worry? Listen to me. If it's the case that the rod helps you not have to fear anybody, and you have to fear no evil, you have the Holy Spirit, I want you to listen to me. Your cup should be over what? Overflowing. But if it's not, why not? The answer is found back in that passage. Because the world worries about those things. For where your treasure is, there your what? Heart will be also. So if you are filled with the abundance of joy in Jesus, your cup shall overflow. Now let's read this all together knowing that the shepherd will never leave us or forsake us. I'm not going to interrupt us. From surely on, let's read this nice and loud. Surely, goodness and mercy, pause. That's still not good enough for me. I mean, this is like, this is like if you believe that he is the good shepherd, this surely is a confidence of. So if you're confident in the good shepherd, let's read this as if it's surely. You with me on that? There you go. Surely. Well, Lord, may that be the case for you and for, for, for all of us here, that we do not need to fear. We do not need to fear what this world has fearful about. We don't even have to fear death if we're in you. Lord, if there's anybody here at Catalyst Church or online that does not know you, I do pray that they'll know that it's not a religion that they are putting their faith in. They're putting their faith in the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, who came, died, rose again to forgive the world of their sins, knowing that he has overcome sin and death. I pray that somebody today will place their faith and trust in you. Or they don't need to say a prayer. They just need to talk to you and say, Jesus, I am a sinner. I'm in need of you, the Savior, the Good Shepherd. Forgive me of my sins. I have faith in you. As a Good Shepherd, that you came and you live because of your resurrection. Lord, right now, please forgive me. Forgive us. For our worry. So, Lord, I'm going to just pause right there. Ladies and gentlemen, go ahead and talk to God about your worries right now. Go ahead and thank Jesus that he is the good shepherd.
Lord, please help us to not be like the world who follows the bad shepherd that's all about destruction and himself. May we as truly Christ followers, whatever we're going through, and we all have some sort of worry and anxiety, may we cast our anxiety on you, knowing that you care for us. Lord, if anybody here is wandering away, Holy Spirit, right now, grab them and bring them back. Lord, if there's anybody who is deeply sinning, practicing sins that they know they shouldn't, please discipline them in deep ways. But Lord, I thank you for the still waters, the green pastures, the peace that surpasses all understanding. Forgive us for our worry. Lord, we don't need any next steps. We just need to know you. Surrendering our life to you, knowing that you truly are our good shepherd. For this, we're going to sing and we're going to worship, knowing that you have overcome the world.